0: Chapter 24 Rachel was getting larger very fast. Huge leathery ears sprouted suddenly from the side of her head. Her nose stretched and stretched till it was longer than her body had been to start with. Her arms and legs were as big as tree trunks, and from her mouth grew two enormous curved teeth. My cousin Rachel now stood almost thirteen feet high and weighed about fourteen thousand pounds. The weird thing was, I was happy about this. Ha-ha! I heard Rachel's triumphant laugh. I did it! The hork and the Taxon came closer. Rachel began twitching her little ropey tail. Her front legs pawed the dirt floor of the cavern. She raised her massive head and stuck out her three-foot-long tusks. The Taxon was the first to notice her with his all-around red-jelly eyes, but I guess he didn't know how to react. Rachel charged. One minute she was standing there, and the next minute she was barreling forward like an out-of-control 18-wheeler. The hork was fast. He spun around and slashed her trunk with his elbow blade. Too little, too late. Rachel was moving, and no little flesh wound was going to stop her. Punny little nothing, Rachel cried, outraged. You attack me? The hork went down, crushed under her monstrous feet. He bellowed, but Rachel's trumpeting was louder. The taxon tried to run. It turns out taxons can move pretty fast when they want to. It also turns out elephants are faster than you think. They can be very fast. Rachel's foot caught the taxon's back end. The needle legs collapsed, cracking like broken twigs. Yellow goo oozed from the popped flesh of the big worm. She just kept rolling over him, leaving behind a big, extremely disgusting pile of goo. The foul smell of the squashed taxon nearly knocked me out. The human was still just standing there. He said, an elephant? Like he couldn't even think about it being real. Rachel wrapped her trunk around his middle. Yeah, we heard Rachel say, an elephant. The man screamed. I guess he figured out it was real. Rachel threw him through the air. I never saw where he landed. Quick, I yelled at Marco. Morph! Nice work, Rachel, Marco said. Remind me not to ever make you mad. I focused on the tiger. I knew his DNA pattern was in me. I thought of him, lying there in his habitat in the gardens, wishing he were back in the jungle, hunting, taking down his prey. I guessed maybe he wouldn't mind the use I was making of his DNA. This wasn't quite a jungle, but it would have to do. More hork coming, Rachel said. Rachel turned to face them, tusks ready. I felt the morph begin. The hair grew from my face. The tail squirted out behind me. My arms bulged and rippled. They were massive. My shirt ripped. I fell forward onto my hands, now my front legs. The power! It was electric. It was like a slow-motion explosion. I could feel the power of the tiger growing inside me. I watched the claws, long, wickedly curved, tearing, ripping, shredding claws, grow from my punny human hands. I could feel the teeth sprouting in my mouth. My eyes looked through the darkness like it was broad daylight. But most of all, the power. The sheer, incredible power. I was afraid of nothing. The hork were running at me, their arm blades slashing the air. I opened my mouth and I roared. The hork stopped dead in their tracks. That's right, my little hork friends, the human part of my brain thought. Time to meet the tiger. The muscles in my back legs quailed up. I bared my teeth and gave them another roar loud enough to make the ground quiver. I leapt through the air, claws outstretched. Chapter 25 I sailed through the air and struck the closest horkbajir in the chest. Down he went, with me on top of him. He rolled over and tried to get up. He was fast. I was faster. He struck at me with his razored arm. I ducked under the blow. My left paw swung, so fast even I couldn't see it. It left four oozing tracks across the hork shoulder. Another hork Wrist blades, elbow blades, and talons whizzed. They were like a pair of lawnmowers on full throttle. And still, I was faster. I can't even remember what happened next. All I have is this image of the tiger, of me, with claws slashing and jaws snapping. I was a whirlwind of orange fur and black stripes. The hork fell back. I roared. They turned and ran. On one side, I saw Rachel. She lifted a hork up on her tusks and tossed him back over her shoulder like he was a doll. And then I saw Marco. Big Jim's massive body was ripping its way out of Marco's slight frame. Just call me King, Marco said. King Kong. The truth is, like Cassie said, gorillas are very gentle, peaceful, quiet creatures. The truth also is that they are strong. Real strong. Basically, compared to a gorilla, a man is something made out of toothpicks. Now, Horkbegir are pretty large creatures. They stand about seven feet high and are built for trouble. But Marco swung one big gorilla fist and hit the nearest Horkbegir in the stomach. The Horkbegir went down. Hard. I roared. Rachel trumpeted. Marco lifted the Horkbegir up and tossed him aside like a rag doll. The rest of the Horkbegir turned and ran. Now! I shouted. Before they get organized again! We charged. Rachel just plowed right through some of the small sheds and buildings like Godzilla heading for Tokyo. Marco came loping along, swinging his massive forearms, punching anything that got in his way. Whatever he punched stayed down. And I ran right down the middle, looking for any controller dumb enough to mess with me. We reached the cages. The people and Hork-Bajir inside shrank back from us. They were almost as afraid of us as they were of the controllers. Let's face it, a rescue party made up of an elephant, a gorilla, and a tiger is not what they'd been hoping for. Marco began ripping at a lock on one of the cages. The lock gave way. The door flew open. Marco did something very human to reassure them. He made a little bow, then crooked his finger at them, as if to say, come on out. Tom was the first out. He looked scared and mad and determined. I was going to send him a thought message, telling him who I was. But suddenly, there was Rachel screaming in my head. Jake! Rachel said. Look! Cassie! Cassie was nearly at the end of the infestation pier. The Hork-Bajir and on guards were still sticking to their duties. As I watched, another human was shoved headfirst into the yerk pool. Cassie's next! I cried. Don't worry! Marco said. We'll take care of Tom. Go." Go before they do it to her I hesitated for only a second, as a thousand thoughts went through my head. Later I would think about that moment. Think maybe maybe if only I broke into a run. I had to get to her. As I watched, two Horkbagier on the pier grabbed Cassie by the arms. No she cried. I tore at full force. I leapt over taxons, I dodged around Horkbagier. I practically flew but I couldn't really fly. Not the way Tobias could. I saw him high, high up in the cavern. Down he came. Like a bullet. The Talons came forward. Tobias hit the first at about 50 miles an hour. He swooped away, leaving the alien clutching at the slimy mess where his eyes used to be. That was all Cassie needed. She broke away and ran back down the pier. I finally got there and went after the remaining hork controller. controller. I yelled to Cassie. Morph and head back for the stairs! She looked at the other humans in hork behind her and the line. Run! All of you, run! They did. Cassie plowed into the panicky crowd. Moments later, a black-maned head appeared above the shoulders of the crowd. Cassie had become a horse and was racing for the stairs. I started after her, racing back around the pool toward Marco, Rachel, Tom, and the crowd of hosts they'd freed from the cages. The controllers were starting to get organized. A group of taxons were slithering out to stop Cassie and me. Both the hork and the taxons were carrying weapons now. Up and over, I said to Cassie as we neared the line of taxons. Up and over, she yelled back. I leapt. Cassie jumped. Side by side, we sailed over the startled taxons. They fired their handheld dracon beams, but too late. The beam sizzled the air behind us, and we blew past. I could see Rachel's towering gray bulk just ahead. The stairs were near. I saw Marco with Tom. We were going to make it! And then he stepped out daintily from a group of hork He seemed almost harmless in his Andalite body. A gentle half-deer, half-human-looking creature with bluish fur and an extra set of eyes on comical stalks. Viser 3 didn't look all that scary, not compared to the hork the Taxons, or even our own Earth animals. But Visser-3 had an Andalite body. He had an Andalite's power to morph. And he had been all over the universe, acquiring the genetic patterns of monsters like nothing ever seen on Earth. A taxon slithered up beside Visser-3 and spoke. It was a weird half-whistling sound. (coughs) Visser-3 said nothing. He just looked at me with the vertical slits that were his eyes. This Texan fool says you are wild animals, Visser-3 said. He wants to know if he and his brothers can eat you. He laughed silently. But I know you are not animals. I know who and what you are. So, not all of you Andalites died when I burned your ship. It took me a couple of seconds to realize what he meant. Then it hit me. Of course. He thought we were Andalites. He'd guessed that we were morphs, not real animals. And he knew that the Andalites were the only species with morphing technology. I compliment you on getting this far, but it will accomplish nothing. Because now, my brave Andalite warriors, it is time. Time to die. He began to morph. I acquired this body on the fourth moon of the second planet of a dying star. Like it? I realized I had been wrong to be hopeful. We were not going to make it. Chapter 26 From Visser Three's andalite body, the creature grew. Tall as a tree, towering over even Rachel. Eight massive legs, eight long spindly arms, each ending in a three-fingered claw. And from the place where the top set of arms grew, came the heads. Heads. Plural. Eight of them. This creature had a thing for the number eight. Even the Hork-Bajir controllers backed away. Even they didn't want to be near Visser Three when he morphed this way. But the taxons edged closer, crowding around their leader like a pack of hungry dogs looking for table scraps. I was frozen in terror, stunned. Even the tiger that was part of me was confused and worried. I had started to think that with our morphed bodies we could take on anything. But we couldn't take on this monster, not and survive. Run! I yelled to the others. Up the stairs! Cassie nudged two of the humans from the cages and tossed back her head. They figured out what she wanted and climbed on her back. Then she galloped toward the stairs. Yes, run! Visser 3 crowed. It makes it a more challenging target. Then, Visser 3 struck. From one of the heads, a round spinning ball of flame erupted. A ball of flame that flew like a missile. It skimmed through the air and splatted against the back of one of the women riding Cassie. Ah! She fell off, screaming and rolling around to put out the flames. Cassie kept going with only one rider. She reached the base of the stairs. Target practice, Visser 3 laughed. He fired fireball after fireball, one head after another. One cinched my shoulder and flew past. One hit Rachel in the ear and made her scream in my head and trumpet in terror. The air was full of fire. We have to get out of here, Marco yelled. Yes, run! Run for the stairs! I repeated. Rachel, get moving! Clear a path! A big swarm of us was heading for the stairs, but the taxons had closed in around us. Anyone that got away from Visser 3 was swarmed over by the taxons. I saw Tom out of the corner of my eye. He was swinging his fists at a pair of taxons that were circling around him. Tom couldn't hurt them, but he was trying just the same. Rachel ran over and plowed into one of them crushing him beneath her tree-trunk legs. Marco threw his arms around the second taxon and twisted till it split open, spilling its putrid guts all over the floor. Rachel had hit the bottom few stairs and stopped. Elephant bodies are great for some things, but they are useless for climbing stairs. Morph back! I told Rachel. She began to shrink almost immediately, but there wasn't time to wait until the morphing was complete. Rachel started up the stairs as a shifting mass of gray and pink Part human, part elephant, staggering on weird, half-finished legs and dragging a shriveled trunk that made her pretty face into something awful to see. We ran, but it was impossible. By the time we had climbed a few dozen stairs, there were only a few free humans and two free hork with us. The rest had been recaptured or burned. A fireball exploded at my feet and I snarled, but still we retreated. We were a hundred feet up the stairs when the last two freed hork were brought down by Visser's fireballs. They fell in flames. The Visser was climbing the stairs now, all alone. He was so big he barely fit on the stairs. I knew when we reached the point where the walls closed in around the stairs that we would be safe from Visser 3. Glancing up, I saw that Cassie was almost to safety above us with one human rider. The rest of us along with Tom and a pitiful handful of freed humans were bunched together. Visor 3 began pelting the staircase ahead of us with fire. We were trapped. Fire ahead. Visor 3 himself behind. "No," I heard a familiar voice say. "No, you filthy creep. You aren't going to win this time." It was Tom. All alone, he charged at Visor 3, armed with nothing but his fists. One of Visser's arms came down and swung at him. Tom! I cried. My tiger body roared with all its might, but the sound was lost in the noise of crying humans and whistling taxons. I saw Tom stagger from the Vissar's blow. I saw him fall from the edge of the stairs. I went a little crazy. I was on the Vissar before I knew what was happening. On him, digging my claws into his flesh. I twisted up and behind one of his eight heads. The tiger enemy knew what to do. I sank my teeth into his neck and clamped to my powerful jaws and held on. Another had turned back and aimed a fireball at me. I dodged the first fireball. The second burned my flank. I jumped clear. The viscer roared in pain. I roared in hatred. And we ran. And we ran. Ran, ran up those stairs with a hundred nightmares on our heels. Chapter 27 we ran, exhausted and burned and terrified. We ran. Visor Three had made one mistake. He was too large in his morph to follow us much further up the stairs. I heard Visor Three yell something as we finally got away. He said, "I'll kill you all, Andalites. Run away. It doesn't matter. I'll kill you." Actually, I think it did matter. We hadn't exactly destroyed Vizer Three but we had come out of it alive, we Animorphs. The final count was exactly one human freed, the woman who rode Cassie's back up out of that hellish pit. And Cassie had gotten away clean. It had been that suspicious controller policeman who had grabbed her. He was the only controller to know her name, where she lived, and that she had been spying on the sharing. Cassie said we didn't have to worry about him anymore. She didn't want to talk about what had happened to him. As for Tom my brother. Tom was not free. I was lying in my own bed, shaking and shivering and crying from the aftereffects of terror when I heard him come home later that night. He never knew that I was the tiger. He never knew how close I had come to freeing him. He was a controller again. The yerk was in his head once more. Cassie and Marco and Rachel and I all made it up those stairs, We had emerged into the hallway of a school that would never seem the same to us again. And Tobias? He survived, too. It was almost morning when I was awakened from a dead sleep by a feathery beating on my window. I opened it and Tobias flew in. You made it, I said. Oh, man, you had me scared. I figured you were still trapped down there. I mean, I thought you could probably find somewhere to hide in that cavern, but I knew you'd be morphed for a long time. I was worried you wouldn't be able to morph back without getting caught. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, Jake, he said. How are the others? Alive, I said. Alive, and I guess that's all that counts. Yes, that's all that matters. Come on, Tobias, I said. Morph back. You can stay here. I'll even let you have the bed. I could sleep on nails, I'm so tired. He didn't say anything. And I guess in my heart I had known all along... I just didn't want to admit it. Come on, Tobias, I said again. Morph back. Jake. Just come on, back to human now, dude. No more flying tonight. I hid in the cavern for a while, he said. They didn't see me, but I had to stay out of sight till I could get out. Jake, it took too long. Too long, more than two hours. I just stared at him, at his laser-focused eyes, at his wicked beak and sharp talons, and at his wings, at the broad, powerful wings that let him fly. I guess this is me from now on, Tobias said. I knew there were tears falling down my cheeks, but I didn't care anymore. It's okay, Jake. Like you said, we're alive. I went to the window and looked up at the stars. Somewhere up there, around one of those cold, twinkling stars, was the Andalite homeworld. Somewhere up there was... hope. They'll come, Tobias said. The Andalites will come. And until then... I nodded and wiped away my tears. Yeah, I said. Until then, we fight. Hey, everybody. We did it. The first book of the Animorphs. Done. I want to thank everybody who hung in there and is enjoying this, all, you know, four or five of you. Uh, It's really appreciated. Uh, I'm going to keep this brief. We are found at audiomorphs.podbean.com. You can send in questions at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Uh, either later this week or, uh, just next week in general, I will be releasing a, or trying to release, I don't actually know if Podbean will let me, but I'm gonna try to release a, a full length, uh, with no cuts, kind of, a audiobook release of this Dum Dum Podcast, book one. And after that will be book two. So stay tuned. I hope you keep up and I will see you next time. Thanks again.